I loved those videos this morning. I love it when um, we create spaces for kids to be kids. Isn't that great? Like when actually the kids have got so much fire in them, they know Jesus and they don't overcomplicate it. And I love that. And I think we could learn a huge amount um, from our kids, especially when talking about something as I am today, which I think... um, Adults can overcomplicate this subject probably more than most. Uh, And today I'm going to be talking to you about prayer. Uh, And really, I'll just give you a quick idea if you're new to us or if you've just been joining us online. Uh, We've been doing a series called Life Coaching, uh, which is all about living life to the full. And uh, we've been doing this for a long time. We took a little break and we're screeching into the finish. Oh, hang on, turn it on, Nick. That would be a good start. There we go. So um, these are the subjects we've covered already. All the ones in grey are the things we've done. And as you can see, we're nearly there. Uh, Just three to go. And prayer is the one that I will be speaking about this morning. Now, it is very hard to be able to speak about a subject that's so enormous in about 20 minutes. Like you could do easily like a 10-part series on prayer and still have stuff to say at the end. But what I'm hoping to do is anchor this in the whole vision of our life coaching series, which is living life to the full. And so therefore, what part does prayer play in helping us live a full life? That's what I'm hoping for. And in fact, um, I haven't really written the talk this morning. Uh, A not good friend of mine, but I wish he was, Pete Gregg, has contributed very significantly to this talk um, because I'm actually basing the entire 20 minutes or so on this book, which is called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And I would highly recommend that you pick this book up and have a read. He is, uh, Pete Gregg is a very good communicator. He's funny. Uh, The book is full of stories. And that's something that I absolutely love is that, you know, I'm all for some theory, but actually I just love a good story. And so there are loads of stories in this book as well. And that's what I'm going to be basing it on. So... The question, if we're thinking about prayer in the context of living life to the full, really is, can prayer really make a difference to my life, is the first question. And the second question would be, what is God inviting me into when it comes to prayer? Me, personally. Because I'm really aware that I'm speaking to you this morning, and even with the small number of people here and the people watching at home, I'm going to have people listening who either they could be like prayer lovers. There's some of you who you just can't think of anything better than spending hours just praying. You've been to conferences. You've been on courses. You've studied prayer in the Bible. You're like, oh, prayer's my favorite subject. And then I'm aware that there are people who are like, I don't even know if this works. In fact, I don't even do this thing because speaking to someone I can't even see just feels a bit weird. And I don't even really know whether there's any benefit in prayer. And then there's also people who'll be here and at home listening who'll be thinking, well, I used to believe in prayer, but then actually that person died or that thing went wrong. And do you know what? At that point, I took my hands off and said, this stuff just doesn't work. And the pain and the disappointment of unanswered prayer became so much that you've actually disengaged altogether. And so that's why I want to pose this question to you this morning, because it's relevant wherever you are on that scale. What is God inviting you into when it comes to prayer? 
Maybe it's to have a go and start. Maybe it's to put all your conferences and your courses and your books down and just spend the time engaging heart to heart with him over what he's inviting you into. Maybe it's just sitting with your pain in tears with the Father saying, I want to go again. What is he inviting you into? Because wherever you are, I genuinely believe he's inviting you into a place of connection with him. And the Bible tells us that the best way that we can do that is through prayer. Now, prayer itself has hit the headlines in this last year. Uh, Some of you may have seen back in March last year when we went into lockdown that the Telegraph was reporting that there was a 50% surge in online searches for prayer. As people turned to religion, is what they're, I'm like, oh my word, that's like the worst thing. Don't turn to religion, turn to God as Father. But anyway, that's an aside. The Telegraph called it turning to religion as a way to cope. And it was interesting that in March last year, the share of Google searches for prayer surged to the highest level ever recorded. There's something about a crisis that brings even the most staunch person who's never tried it before to a place of having a go at prayer. And Tear Fund ran a poll and they found that 5% of the respondents said they'd started to pray during lockdown, having never prayed before. There's nothing quite like a crisis to make you realise how small we are in an existential world where things are so big. But what actually is prayer? Honestly, you could get so many better definitions from theologians, but this is the best one I can think of that comes from my heart. And I would say in its simplest form, prayer is the language of communication between a child and their heavenly father. That's the best one my heart could come up with. I could give you a hundred more theological ones that someone else has written, but it's the language of communication between a child and their heavenly father. And just like communication between us and a loved one, It's very varied. Sometimes it can be momentary. Sometimes it can last for hours. Sometimes it can be very loud. And sometimes it can be silent. Sometimes it can be a wrestling thing. And sometimes it can be a peaceful thing. Sometimes it can be a thanking thing. And sometimes it can be a painful thing. Other times it is full of joy. If you took CCTV footage of me communicating with those I love the most in lots of different situations, you would see that my communication is very different. If you sat me down with my best friend in a bar with a good glass of Sauvignon Blanc, you'd notice that my communication style is much more different to a moment where I might be having a quiet or a peaceful time looking into the eyes of my husband. Those things are very different, and prayer allows us to communicate with God as Father in a variety of ways. And what I love the most is that God is wanting to meet with us in all of those ways. He doesn't say, come to me when you're this. He says, come to me in all circumstances, in all times. And personally, something I've really wrestled with is where I speak to people who are going through pain or anger at God or a crisis, and it's almost like they need to pull themselves together before they can pray. And that is just so sad for me, because God isn't waiting for you to get yourself together. God is saying, come to me in all circumstances. 
And the Bible reinforces this beautifully. You see in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, on the one hand, we've got rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then on the other hand, in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, you've got this, pour all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. He loves you to come when you're full of joy, and he loves you to come when you need that tender care as well. Now, Pete Gregg in the book that I'm recommending to you says that there are nine different types or paths of prayer, and I'm going to briefly, briefly put these up, and I'm not going to go into them. But there are many different types, is what I would say. And if you have a look at this list, I would encourage you, when you're going to God with that question, what are you inviting me into? Maybe there's one on this list that he's running a highlighter over. God's really great at using a highlighter pen, I find. And that actually, maybe when you look at this list, God just wants to highlight one and say, do you know what? This is what I'm inviting you into next. And this really speaks of this variety of types of prayer. But rather than you remembering the nine things on this list, if you only remember one thing from this talk today, I would be thrilled if it is this. And this is the other way he summarizes prayer in his book. He says, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. If that is all you remember, I'll be happy. Honestly, that is how simple prayer can be. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. Now, throughout the life coaching series, we've pointed to the fact that if we really want to live life to the full, the best way to do that is to try and live a life like Jesus did. So what was Jesus like when it came to prayer? Well, in Pete Gred's book, he summarizes it like this. The greatest person who ever lived was preeminently a man of prayer. Before launching out in public ministry, he fasted for more than a month in the wilderness Before choosing his 12 disciples, he prayed all night. When he heard the devastating news that his cousin John had been executed, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. After feeding the 5,000, he was understandably tired, but his response? Climb a mountain and pray. When the pressure of fame threatened to crush him, Jesus prayed. When he was facing his own death in the Garden of Gethsemane, bleeding with fear and failed by his friends... He prayed. Even during those unimaginable hours of physical and spiritual torment upon the cross, Jesus cried out to the one who had apparently forsaken him. Jesus prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. There's our example. If we want to look for an example of what we need to do or how we can thrive when it comes to prayer. And then what Jesus did really quite handily was he gave a bit of a model for us of how to pray. He even said, look, I'm just going to even tell you. I'm not even going to try and keep it as a secret for you to work out. I'm going to tell you how to pray. And when it comes to the introduction of this prayer, there is no translation that I think says it better than the message. Um, And so we're going to read from that now. So it's Matthew 6, 7 to 13. The opening is from the message and then I go back into the NIV. But it says this. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. 
This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's something so beautifully powerful and simple about that prayer. And again, books have been written just on that prayer, so I won't go into the depths of it. But what it's saying is, it's saying when it comes to prayer, there's something about asking for provision. There's something about just acknowledging the wowness of who God is. There's something about coming to him with need. There's something about resting in his presence in there. There's something about pulling heaven down onto earth that we would be able to see our prayers shape something that's in the future or even be used as a weapon. There's so much. And yet, as Jesus quite plainly says, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. So what does that actually look like? Practically, I'm quite a practical person. If I were listening to this talk, I'd be like, okay, got it, Nick, but what do I do? Like, I'm a bit of a doer. Like, what do I actually do? And when it comes to prayer, I would say it starts with habits and intentions. It really is that simple, habits and intentions. I was reading a magazine article lately, um, and it was quoting something from a book about how tiny habits can change the world. And I loved how the writer said it. He said, it takes repetition to form a new habit for the neural pathways to be laid down. We're not aiming for perfection, only consistency. Keeping the habit alive means keeping it rooted in your routine, no matter how tiny it is. That's where prayer starts, is in those tiny intentional habits that bring you into a place of sitting and communicating with God as your heavenly Father. And in that vein, Chris and I have recently taken up a challenge. We have taken up the Walk 1000 Mile Challenge. And we are joining with a group of people to this year walk 1,000 miles, which is the equivalent of a walk from uh, Land's End to John O'Groats. And the great thing is, what we loved about this challenge was the fact that it breaks it down And it says it's only about 2.9 miles a day. Now, suddenly, that feels a bit more manageable, right? If you came to us and said, oh, you know, Nick and Chris, I want you to walk 1,000 miles, I'd be like, wow, no, actually, that just sounds horrendous. But to say, do you think you could manage just under three miles a day? Yes, I can totally do that. And in fact, there's a real joy in being able to just map your progress and see how far you're going Why is it made easier? Because we've started small. We've seen it. We've broken something massive down into something small. And I think that is where prayer comes alive. When, yes, we want to be, as the Bible talks about, praying without ceasing, praying continually. But what if we started by just praying for five minutes, and then 10, and then 15, and then finding ourselves just in communication with God throughout the day? What is God inviting you into when it comes to prayer? What habits is he cheering you on to lay down in your life so that you can connect with him? 
So for me, on a practical level, some structure really helps. A bit like that Walking Thousand Miles. We've got an app. We can, it won't be, any of you that know us, that won't be a surprise to you to know there is an app. Uh, and uh, we plot our progress on the app, and that really helps. So what practically can you do when it comes to prayer that might help you? Well, I love the advice of one writer, Anne Larmot, who's, who says this in her book. Help, thanks, and wow are the only words you'll ever need in prayer. I love that. She says, help, thanks, and wow. Maybe that's the structure you need for prayer. You sit with God, and you start with help, you move on to thanks, and then you go on to wow. That's a great structure. But I'm going to briefly talk to you about another one which um, has been used throughout the 24-7 prayer movement in this country, and it is an acronym based on the word pray, and it is this, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And some of you may have discovered the Lexio 365 app. Um, I would strongly recommend it. It is a brilliant app which has got just a 10-minute devotional that you listen to. You can read it or listen to it. And it's based on this structure. And um, there's just a little bit of music in the background. And you basically have a chance to sit for 10 minutes and just spend time connecting with God. It is absolutely brilliant. And I think it's really accessible. So I would really recommend that to you. But before we look at structure, I would say, whatever structure you pick, please don't ever let that become the thing. Because if not, you'll end up just going from the beginning to the end and then clapping yourself at the end to say, well, I got all the way to why. It's like, well, that's not the point. The point is that we connect with God as Father. So whatever structure you use, don't ever let that become a boundary that becomes your goal. Let connection be your goal rather than whatever structure you're working through. So very briefly then, let's just have a look at these things. Pause. My best advice here is revisit Chris Tatton's talk earlier on in this series on silence and solitude. Pause. Prayer requires us to just take a moment to stop. Just pause. And this is what Pete Gregg says on this. He says, I cannot emphasize too strongly how important it is for your spiritual, mental, and physical well-being that you learn to silence the world's relentless chatter for a few minutes each day to become still in the depths of your soul. You must seek solitude and silence as if your life depends on it, because in a way, it does. What spaces are you finding in your day to pause and connect with God as Father. The next one, R, rejoice. Revisit Chris and Kat's talk from earlier in this series on worship. This is really all about adoration and thanksgiving. For me, every time I walk out and about in nature, it helps me to be in a place of rejoicing because I am constantly blown away by God's goodness in nature. And it helps me to be able to just celebrate his goodness. And just for me personally, if I'm sat trying to pray or if I'm doing something trying to pray and it's just not happening, sometimes I just say the words, you are good, you are good, you are so good, you are so good, over and over. And before I know it, it gets me into a space where prayer starts to flow more freely in me. What space are you making to rejoice during your week and your day? And then next, perhaps seen as the biggest one, the A is ask. 
Prayer is about connection, but it's also an amazing weapon that we can use against our circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in. And over lockdown, we've watched a load of family films, um, and I've noticed a theme. One of the themes is that very often the lead character gets given something as a gift or a tool or an object by somebody, and they don't know what the purpose or the point of that thing is until later on when they're facing this big foe, at which point our whole family is screaming at the screen, use the key, use the key. You know, it's that moment where suddenly the thing they got given at the beginning makes sense. And that's the point, use the book. You know, there's something in it where you realize, oh, do that. And as I was walking a couple of days ago, I felt like God reminded me of this and said that he watches us as his kids facing so many things and he's saying, use prayer. And we're sat there like, I don't know what to do. This is really bad. You know, I just, I'm really stuck. I can't see a way out of this. This feels terrible. And it's like I could see God as father shouting, use prayer. I gave it to you right back at the beginning as a gift and you've got it. And I know it's there to be used, but it's like you've forgotten. He's imploring us, use prayer. And what difference can it make when we do? Well, I'm going to quickly, very quickly tell you a story about Sam Hayward, who many of you know. Um, Heather and Sam and the family are a part of our community. Um, and back on the 11th of December, um, their life got turned upside down. And in Heather's own words, I'm going to quickly tell you what happened. Sam came home from school on Friday the 11th of December with a headache. A few hours later, he was unconscious, fitting, and in the back of an ambulance to the William Harvey. The hospital diagnosed a major bleed on the brain, and we were blue-lighted to King's College Hospital, where he had emergency surgery in the early hours of Saturday morning. The bleed was on the right side of his brain, which controls his left side, and we were warned that he may not be able to use his left side ever again. It was a bit like having a stroke. The effects take a very long time to heal, even if they ever do. And then she says this, this was the 11th it happened, and in her blog entry on the 13th, two days later, she says this, Ashard Vineyard held their Sunday church service this morning. Nick sent me a recording of the prayers said for Sam that morning. Sam can barely speak and is struggling to do anything with his left-hand side. His hand is completely dead on that side. About half an hour after the prayer recording was sent to me, Sam moved his fingers for the first time. Wow. Thursday the 17th, six days later. It's not even a week since the brain bleed, but today the physio team have got Sam out of bed and walking a few steps. I'm in tears. I honestly didn't dare hope he would walk again. Tuesday the 5th of January. It's not even a week since his second brain surgery, but he's coming home today. He can walk and climb stairs. He is able to partly use his left hand. His speech has greatly improved. We really weren't expecting for him to be allowed home so soon. And then as of yesterday, when she sent me these notes, Sam is walking. He's using his hand really well. He can ride a bike. He can dress himself. We've sold all the bathroom aids that we had fitting for his homecoming and we have returned his wheelchair. They went to the therapy team at the Rainbow Centre in Ashford, and they asked what the secret was, because they have never seen such positive progress from this level of brain injury. She said, stubborn determination, a lot of prayer, and hard work. That's why we ask. 
That's why God says, use prayer. And finally, the why is yield. And that's because there are just some things that words can't express. There are sometimes that connection with somebody and a deep communication just can't happen through what we can say. And instead it comes from a moment of surrender where we just unclench our fists and we just surrender in God's presence and yield ourselves to his goodness, his power and his greatness. And that is where we learn to listen in prayer. We learn to contemplate in prayer. And we connect with God in a way that we allow him to speak back to us rather than it all being about us going to him with a list of what we need. So I try to answer my own question. What is God inviting me into when it comes to prayer? And this was my answer. To learn to embrace and grow in wasting time with him. To connect so deeply with him that prayer doesn't become about habits, routines and structures, even though they're really helpful. Or shoulds or must try harders, not helpful. But to find myself in a place where I don't even realise I'm praying because I feel so connected with him in the big and the small. And I would ask you, what's your response? What is he inviting you into? For me, it's to lay aside some of those shoulds and must try harders and just to connect with him in the big and the small. But what is it for you? Let's stand and we'll pray as we finish. Father, I thank you that one of the criteria almost that you set for prayer is that there is no criteria to come to you and that you embrace deep, raw honesty. So right now, we come to you with honest, raw hearts and we bring to you our disappointments, our joys, our pains, the big things, the small things. And we thank you that you're interested in it all. I thank you that you're interested in Tom Rawling's stick insects and Sam Hayward's brain bleed. I thank you that you don't seem to have this criteria for when you want us to pray, but you're happy for us to pray as we build Lego or as we sit at the bedside of a loved one whose life is slipping away. And you say, come to me in all of those things. So we bring ourselves to you right now, Father, as a child connecting with the Heavenly Father. And we say we love you, we need you, and we want to connect at a deeper level with you through prayer. Please help us to do that. And just as we stand, if you are listening today, if you're here in the room or you're at home, and you have never asked God to connect with you personally before, then now is a great time to do that. What does that prayer look like? It says, I need you and I invite you. God, I need you and I invite you. I give myself to you today and I say yes to you. And if that's you and you've said that yes for the first time today, we would love 
to connect with you. And if you've just said that yes for the hundredth time today, we would love to connect with you and hear from you. I'm going to hand back over to Vic. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.